Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Today is November 13th. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, Keep subscribing on Apple, Spotify. Keep reviewing the podcast, all that good stuff. Um, So the Penguins last night, they did play the New York Rangers. Um, They did lose 3-2 in overtime. They got a point without Sidney Crosby. But uh, this game was there for the taking. So let's just get right into it. Um, the Penguins really, really awful first period. Um, they were the, the defense was just out to lunch. Um, the Rangers took the lead, one uh, nothing. When um, uh, who made that? Who made that stretch pass? I think it was Brendan Lemieux, if I'm not mistaken. And Marcus Pedersen and Justin Schultz were just both out to lunch, and they let um, Kako uh, just split them, and they weren't even near where the puck was, and they they both just got toasted, and you know they beat Matt Murray. Matt Murray was uh, bailing their asses out um, all the period long, and that was just a wonderful move by uh, Kako to, to make it one nothing. He went forehand, backhand, uh, past Murray's pad. Um, just a really, really nice move. But I think at the time at, at that goal, I think the shots were about nine to two in favor of the Rangers. The Penguins were just not skating at all that period. Looked really, really slow to the puck. Um, they were barely getting any zone time in the offensive zone. Alexander Gorgiev could have just taken a nap uh, for basically that entire period. But of course, the Penguins did wake up the final two periods. But that's how bad it was. He basically could have just taken a nap. And then, of course, the second goal for the Rangers. Um, came when Adam Fox was past the puck and came down the slot wide open and he fired it uh, top shelf past Murray's glove. Uh, no chance really there for Murray. I know people are going to say, well, you know, glove side, glove side. But, I mean, that was a rocket of a shot. And Adam Fox, I mean, wow. Uh, that's the first time I think I've watched the Rangers this season. That kid's going to be a number one defenseman in this league if he's not already. I think he's probably the best defenseman that the Rangers have. Better than Brady Shea, uh, D'Angelo. Um, he, he's a stud, and he's going to be a number one in this league for a long time. Uh, uh, look, the Rangers really lucked out by getting him because Adam Fox did not want to play in Carolina, it seems. Um, my God, man, he would have he would have made that defensive corpse down in Carolina that much more scary, even though Carolina, I mean, that's even with Carolina's defensive corpse being really good. But yeah, Adam Fox is really, really good to watch, uh, fun to watch. Kako's really, really fun to watch. Panarin was fun to watch last night, but he's always fun to watch too. Um, but we get to the second period, and then the Penguins, that's when they started uh, taking over the game. Overall, from that period on, um, the Penguins, they finished with about 54% possession, um, they led. They led the um, goals for percentage. Uh, they led in shot attempts. Uh, they ended up. I think they ended up out shooting the Rangers for the game, even though they were down like nine to one, nine two in shots uh, during the first period. But the Penguins, of course, you know that you knew they were going to wake up. Uh, the first goal came just a little bit over a minute, and of course, it's Justin Schultz that scores, makes it two one. Um, rock of the shot past um, Georgiev, just top shelf, beautiful. Schultz had all the time in the world too. I don't know why the rain. No one on the Rangers stepped up, and it looked like all like all the Rangers skaters were just doing their own thing right there for some reason. And yeah, that was that was a bit weird. But um, he makes it two one. Um, and the Penguins, they're still they're tilting the ice even more throughout the period. They're getting a lot of chances. Georgiev's making some saves. And then they get a power play. They already had, I think, two power plays up until that point. Nothing was doing on them. And then they were tilting the ice, and then they got a penalty. And they got a power play. And, of course, everyone on Peng- Penguins Twitter, uh, 
you know, oh, no, just decline it, just decline it. It was basically like the Facebook comments of Penguin's Facebook where everyone just say, decline it, don't even take it. And for a while there, they were right. Um, the Penguins, they did not get anything going on their top power play unit. Um, and, and then it was a kind of a broken play, and Jerry McCann fires the puck. Uh, top shelf glove side on Georgiev to tie the game at two. And there it is, folks. The Penguins' streak of 28 power plays without a goal came to an end. The Penguins went one for three on the power play for the night. But the Penguins finally broke the power play streak uh, in the second period to tie the game. And what a relief. Hopefully now the goals will keep coming for Pittsburgh. Uh, usually when it, like sometimes when a team breaks a streak like that, there's a lot of goals that will just like keep coming in bunches. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that coming in the next couple of games. But, though, it also could go back to being really bad because the Penguins' power play right now has been bad. And, um, and you know, they're missing Phil Kessel on it. You know, I, I, I laugh at some of the people on Penguins' Twitter uh, during the offseason. I'm not going to really name names. Uh, but uh, some of these people really thought Alex Galchenyuk would uh, replace what Phil Kessel did on the power play or Penguins would just be able to replace it on their own. It's not how it works. Uh, take out 92 points and a point per game player on the power play with all the power play, power play points that he had. It's not uh, it's not easy, and uh, they're definitely feeling it right now. And um, I think one of the players that's been on the top power play unit that has just been really bad overall is Alex Galchenyuk. I mean, this is unacceptable at this point. That's now nine games that he's played, no goals. I think maybe only has a couple of assists on this season. I mean, you can just tell he's just pushing it. Like, he's just, he's overthinking himself. He's overthinking his game. Um, he's, he's passing when he should be shooting. He's shooting when he should be passing. And he's just, like, I just, I don't know what's going on. He, he's just, I think he's really just searching for that one goal. Because if he gets that one goal, maybe there could be more goals. But, I mean, I saw from um, a lot of people on Penn Square last night, last night, including Darren, Jason, a couple really good followers that, you know, they're they're done with Galchenyuk. And, I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but I mean, he's slowly making me die a little bit inside every time, every game that he goes without scoring. Because, I mean, this is the main piece that the Penguins acquired for Phil Kessel, and he's not doing anything. And, you know, could he be a trade asset towards the trade deadline if the Penguins want to bring in a rental forward? Yeah, I mean, if this continues, I could definitely see that. Because um, at this point, it's just, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And it, it's bad because. You know, you're playing with Evgeny Malkin. He's one of the best centers in hockey. I know Malkin had a kind of a mad game last night, including the overtime. And we'll get we'll get to the overtime and we'll finish uh, recapping the game. But man, I mean, Alex Galchenyuk, it's like, come on, man! Like you gotta, you have got to start uh, producing. You've got to start performing at the level that you're. I know you're capable of, especially like he shoot he showed flashes of the of a good high level when he was in Montreal. He showed a little bit in Arizona, but you've been traded twice now. You're still like in your age 24 season. Like if you're not going to really put it all together now when you're with the Penguins, I don't know when you ever will. And um, yeah, I could definitely see him being a trade candidate uh, by the trade deadline. And I would definitely, I think, dangle him if this continues because I this is, it's ridiculous at this point, man. I don't know how, what else to explain. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, you got to start playing well or, you know, he could potentially be – I wonder if he could be a potential healthy scratch. You know, I would think long and hard about it. Might be a little bit of a hot take considering uh, the forwards when they're fully healthy. Uh, is he one of the 12 best? Right now, he's not in my opinion. Uh, well, I mean, Zach Aston-Reese actually had a really good game last night and he's 
starting to put together a couple strong games now. So, um, Chucky, it's time to get going, man. You got to really, it's time to buckle down, especially now. Um, you're in an elevated role with Crosby out, and we'll get to that injury a little bit later. But yeah, that's nothing really else more needs to be said about that. All right, so um, so the third period of the game, I thought it was a pretty, well, I wouldn't say evenly paid period, but the Rangers didn't play bad that period. I thought the Penguins had the better of the chances. Uh, Georgiev had some really strong saves. Definitely towards the end of the period, uh, Jake Ansel was robbed directly in front, and then, of course, the Penguins took a power play. I think that was with about four minutes left in the period. Gensel was robbed, and then the Penguins took a, a penalty. Um, they, were, uh, they were able to kill off the penalty, though. Uh, Sam Lafferty hit the post uh, towards the end of the game. Um, Nick Bukestad, I think, had a couple chances. But, um, yeah, they, the Penguins were just getting a lot of pucks on net. I was really liking their game in the third period. They were pushing it up the ice, up-tempo. They were giving up a couple scoring chances. Matt Murray had to come up with some really strong saves. And Matt Murray had an outstanding game last night. He deserved way better um, than that end, than the ending, of course, with the loss with overtime and a couple of other goals because he was saving the Penguins' ass in the third period. Well, actually, not the third period. Excuse me, the first period. Third period, he robbed, um, what was it, Buchnevich uh, towards the end of the period. He also made that sp other sprawling save at the end of the third period. I mean, he was just unbelievable uh, against the Rangers. And he, you know he always plays well against uh, the Rangers in Madison Square Garden. I think going into it, he had, I think his goals against average was below two, close to, what, a 930 save percentage. He's been really, really good up in New York. Um, and that was, that was one of his first ever starts. Uh, was especially, That was his first ever um, playoff start. It was actually um, at Madison Square Garden, game three of the Rangers, where um, he uh, was outstanding. And, you know, it continued last night. He deserved a much better fade on that overtime goal. Um, let's just get right into the overtime. Um, the Penguins... They had three Rangers gassed on the ice. They were controlling that entire overtime period. Three Rangers gassed, and Dumoulin uh, comes up the left boards and just passes it to nowhere. And that allows the three Rangers to get off the ice. Three first Rangers get on. And Evgeny Malkin takes the puck, for whatever reason, tries to go on like a one-on-two, splits them, doesn't even get the puck to the net, it goes to the boards, and then the Rangers have a three-on-two going the other way. Uh, and Schultz and... Um, Trying to remember who the other player that's back is, but um, I think actually, yeah, it might have been Dumoulin. Um, but Malkin's just he's just cruising back, cruising back. Nothing really, don't really care. And uh, Adam Fox gives it to Kako, and Murray has no chance because no goaltender is saving that shot. It went um, in way too quick. Uh, there was no one covering Kako towards the left side of the net. Um, it would that would have had to be uh, the save of the year if Murray would have gotten to that, but. Um, that's just unacceptable from both Brian Dumoulin and Evgeny Malkin. Um, Dumoulin, you don't really see him make those kind of mistakes. I don't really know what he was doing on that play. Every time I watch it, I get even more and more confused. I think I, I tweeted last night, I said, whoever that was should never be allowed to play three-on-three three ever again. Of course, you know, I was probably a little upset at the time. And then I watched it back, and it was Brian Dumoulin, so I not, was not as much upset, but still... Brian Dumoulin, come on, man. You can't pass the puck to no man's land when you have three tired Rangers on the ice. They couldn't even skate to, to the puck. The Penguins were just hemming him in their own zone. They got shots off. Gorgiev had some really nice saves. If you just kept the puck in, in the zone, you probably would have scored. You probably were going to score there. That was the thing. It just it boggled my mind as to what Dumoulin was doing. And then I don't know why Evgeny Malkin tried that blind pass and then just went into the zone, his in, in the Rangers zone and tried to beat them one on three. And then 
And then, of course, um, you know, I love Evgeny Malkin, but, dude, if you're really going to back check like that, I mean, that, that's so lazy. That's not even funny, man. I mean, ugh. Like, I, I know he's not, like, known for his defensive play. Obviously, he's not Sidney Crosby with his 200-foot game. I mean, who is going to be Sidney Crosby with his 200-foot game besides Patrick Spurgeon, Anze Kopitar, um, <clears throat> Ryan O'Reilly? But that was just embarrassing, man. I mean, at least if you're going to make a play like that, you know, skate your ass back the other way and try to break up that um, pass from uh, Fox to Kako. Malkin was just skating back, not really caring. He was basically just saying the whole way, like, hey, my bad. Like, sorry, I'm just going to cost us the game. And um, the Penguins did put out a tweet after the game with my Malkin quote. And as you could expect, the replies were really bad. But um, you know what? It's like, come on, Evgeny Malkin. Like, that was just a really piss-poor effort. Um, just not a really good game from him in general. Uh, he's... You know, he was starting to, he was playing pretty decently, I thought, before this game, but this game was awful. Um, I definitely don't, I mean, obviously he's not going to be at the, the level that he was in 2009, 2011, 12, but, you know, with Cindy Crosby potentially going to be out for four to six months with a uh, sports hernia injury, you got to play a lot better than you played last night, especially in that overtime period, because that was so unacceptable. Um, it, it, there's that cost in the game, along with Brian Dumoulin's pass, and, you know, I'm glad they got the point out of it. You know, I'm really liking the way they're playing. That was a 40. That was a good 40 minute effort. The, the first period though was absolute uh, garbage. That was probably the worst period since the uh, opening night game against the Sabers. But I mean, they're going to need more from Eugenio, uh, especially with Crosby going to be out. Like I said, Chris Letang still week to week. Patrick Hornquist out long term. But they're going to need a lot more from him, and he's going to have to be a lot better defensively. Um, if the Penguins are going to win games with Crosby and Latang out, because that was just, I, I I couldn't believe my eyes when I watched that goal back. I probably watched it back three, four times now, and I cannot for the life of me understand why he's skating back so slow. That, that, that's an effort that you see in peewee level hockey. Like not That should not be in an NHL level uh, game. That was just, uh, I'm sorry for, you know, crushing Evgeny Malkin here a lot, but I mean, that's just, that's unacceptable from an NHL player, uh, any NHL player, especially a future Hall of Famer, one of the best Penguins um, to ever lace him up, and you're going to be one of the best ever players to ever lace them up if that's, uh, if you really want to go that far, but I mean, yeah, just um, still, uh, I like that they got a point in this game. Uh, you, you, you go down 2 nothing. you tie the game up. I think that's the fourth consecutive game. They, they come back from a multi-goal, a multi-goal deficit. You're not going to be able to do that every game, but you know with the, the play that the Penguins are playing right now, I still like that the way they're playing. They definitely deserved that deficit, I think, because the Penguins were playing really bad, but they also earned that comeback to tie it up 2-2 with the way they were playing and the pucks that they got past Gurgiev. And, you know They could have won that game in regulation if uh, Gurgiev didn't make some really, really nice saves, but... but um, yeah, the Penguins will be back in action uh, Friday night against the Devils. But uh, they got a point, so they're now 10-6-2. and six and two. That ties them, I think, now for third in the Metro. I think they said that um, – they I said the other day that they were in third in the Metropolitan Division. That's my apologies, folks. I forgot that the Flyers won. They were in fourth. I think right now they're still in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. But still, they're in a playoff spot. Um, not As long as you keep getting points while Crosby's out, um, it's going to be okay. But – yeah, that was just a really poor ending to last night's game considering how the Penguins were playing in the second, third period and in the um, overtime. Here on Locked On, we talk about player performance, but that's not the only performance that might be on your mind right now. If you want to avoid awkward doctor's office visits when you're looking up to your game, check out BlueChew.com. 
Blue Chew is first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you'll be ready to play a full 60 and maybe even overtime and then potentially a shootout. And because it's chewable, Blue Chew works fast, so you'll never have to worry about being ready to go. Made in the USA, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in discreet packaging, making the whole process easy, convenient, and cheaper than pharmacy alternatives. Right now, we've got a special deal for listeners of Locked On. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You just have to pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On, to try it free. All right, so for this last segment, uh, we'll talk about a little bit about Sidney Crosby. So before I went to bed last night, I'm just scrolling Twitter, and all of a sudden I see the article from Rob Rossi. This came out at about 12.30 a.m., uh, actually this, this morning, so well, last night, this morning, whatever. And basically, so Rossi, um, one of the Penguins beat writers for The Athletic, has been uh, told by multiple NHL and Penguin sources that Crosby has been dealing with a sports hernia injury. He's been dealing with it since training camp. He's played through the season with it and during the game against Chicago, not when he blocked the shot with his foot, but when um, he had that awkward play with Eric Gustafson uh, going into the offensive zone, he aggravated it. That's why you saw Crosby wince a little bit. Of course, he left the game. And the Penguins, um, they've been, um, as usual, not very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're not very, they don't really, tight-lipped, I'd say they're very tight-lipped with their injuries. They just keep saying, oh, he's being evaluated. Well, if we'll have more information, we'll get it to you. The typical Mike Sullivan answer that, I mean, no one likes, uh, that no, no fan likes, no media likes, because, I mean, I just want to know what the injury is. I'm glad, though, that we finally know what he's dealing with. I don't think... Uh, Rob Rossi would be um, fabricating this or anything, or, you know, I mean, it, it got leaked, obviously, but, I mean, you know, this is a big-time injury to, a, obviously, their best player, and um, I've never really dealt with a sports hernia injury. I don't really know too many people in my life that have, but it looks like, after reading Rossi's article, that um, Sidney Crosby has two options. One, to do the surgery now, or two, to wait and do the surgery at another point in the season or after the season. And that's what he's deciding on right now. He went and saw a specialist in Philadelphia. I think I think apparently one of the best-known doctors for diagnosing hernia injuries and basically saying what what the next step is. But um, if I if I were to give uh, my opinion on what Crosby should do, uh, not that it matters, but um, I think he should just get the surgery out of the way now. Um Rossi said that apparently, according to sources, he would be back in about a month. He said four to six weeks, but apparently he's been told that uh, Crosby would be back within a month if he had the surgery now. I think that would be the best course of action. Um, It gets you back right before Christmas or right around Christmas time whenever he gets the surgery. Um, You still have the whole second half of the season to to be fully healthy, to get the Penguins in a long run, to get to the playoffs. Uh, I really think they can... Um, keep stacking points um, up until that point. I know that because they still have Evgeny Malkin in the lineup, but they have a lot of their forwards are in the lineup. I think Chris Letang hopefully will be back before Cindy Crosby comes back as well as Patrick Hornquist. So if, you're, if you have both of them back at some point before Crosby comes back, you should still be able to get even more points. I know replacing Cindy Crosby is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, definitely not. Uh, but... Um, 
And apparently the reason why Crosby did not decide to have surgery before the season was because the Penguins were dealing with a lot of injuries, you know, Brian Russ. And then, of course, Evgeny Malkin goes down. And apparently Sidney Crosby basically said, you know what, I'm going to keep playing because my team needs me. But um, it sounds like he really, really aggravated it um, against Chicago. And he's trying to decide what to do. But like I said, um, just get the surgery out of the way, man. I, I don't want. I, I would want him to just rest for two weeks, and then the injury kind of goes away, and then he aggravates it even more to the point where it's like maybe January or February, or even maybe March or whatever, and that's when you need the surgery, and then you're out for the biggest home stretch up until the playoffs, uh, and that's when the Penguins usually will go on their runs, so Janu- December, January onward. That's the Penguins when they play their best hockey. Um, it's still November. You're still in the playoff spot. You're ten and six and two. Um, just get it out of the way now. I know I sound like a broken record. It's just it's not. It's I think it's the best course of action for the Penguins. Um, but you know we'll see what Sidney Crosby does. Um, apparently there's been reports from Dave Molinari from the uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports that a decision is likely coming soon from Crosby. So look out for that. The Penguins did not practice today, so we may get an update tomorrow. Apparently he met the team up in New York, but and then Sullivan did not officially rule him out though for the Devils game. Since I mean I think right now he's with the team, so we'll see. I mean I, I would expect an announcement of some sort tomorrow during practice or by Friday against the Devils game. What he's gonna do? If I had to guess, I think he's gonna have the surgery. I'm um, just get out the way four to six weeks come back in a month for christmas you're fully healthy you're back for the stretch run december january which is when the penguins always heat up you're back for february march and april for when the penguins hopefully extend um the league's longest uh playoff streak so you know that's what i would do if i was uh sydney crosby but anyways guys uh thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of locked on penguins we'll have another episode coming tomorrow probably preview the game against the devils the devils have had a really bad start to the season we'll talk about taylor hall a bit um, you know, he's, you know, I really wanted him to come to Pittsburgh. He's a UFA after the season. Apparently, Elliot Freeman said that he and his agent met with Ray Shiro. Nothing really going on. And usually, the agent that Hall has usually pushes his players to not re-sign with the team during the final year. So that could be a messy situation coming in New Jersey. And they're probably going to sell by the deadline. I don't really think the Devils have anything going uh, for them this year. But And then the Penguins will also play... The, uh, the Maple Leafs uh, on Saturday. We'll have a preview of that game probably coming on Friday after we talk about the Devils game. And we also have some other, I think, things coming for the show this week. A couple ideas that uh, a couple of my friends have given me for the show that um, I'm going to, I think, hopefully do at some point this week. If not this week, then hopefully next week. I'm really excited uh, for a couple of these ideas. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Uh, keep uh, subscribing and all that. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.